Hello, everybody, and welcome back to The Brink as we bring you another Brinkaliciously, awesomely huge podcast as episode 43 of The Brink Reboot Podcast comes your way for September 18th, 2017. I never mentioned the date. I don't know why, but uh, that's the day we're releasing it. A little bit later today than we usually release it, but... Better late than never, I say. Another big show today with a couple of regulars to join you, as well as bringing you some flashbacks from the past. And we always take this opportunity to go through the last seven days and uh, update everybody where you are listening from. As always, our good old Australian listeners, Penguin, once again, hello to all our uh, Penguinites up there in the northwest coast here in uh, Tassie. And uh, obviously, we are still waiting for you to send in picture of you and the penguin we want to see it you listening to the brink that would be fantastic uh also our austrian listeners again canadian listeners united kingdom listeners and spanish listeners uh hola i guess uh i'm seeing here listeners from pozuelo de alarcon i probably cannot pronounce that correctly but uh big shout out to all our uh, spanish listeners i don't know if you can uh fully understand it we're not speaking spanish obviously and um my only opportunity that I've ever had to be in a Spanish-speaking country, Mexico, as you would have heard last year, uh, wasn't too good with my Spanish. So, um, hola, that's about all I can say. And uh, perhaps at this point we will find ourselves moving into another segment because I don't want to embarrass myself anymore when it comes to trying to speak another language. We avoided this guy for a week, and that's because we felt the need to talk about other shit, but uh, we feel the need this week to talk about other shit because we want to know what's happening in New Zealand. Of course, I do speak of Nicholas Chester. Nick, welcome back to The Brink. Yeah, it's good to be back. I, I'd forgotten we hadn't talked last week. That's how much I'm sure. That's clearly that's such yeah. a big deal to you, this uh, weekly little segment we do. Uh, now, I've got a fun little thing I want to get to you uh, very shortly with you. But before that, uh, we're at least at the time of recording this, uh, 10 days away from your election. When this is released... Um, the election will be this week, actually, so I really shouldn't date it, but whatever. Uh, I'm sure everybody listening to at least in Australia wants to know, uh, how the hell is the New Zealand election going on, Nick? What, what's happening over there? Well, it's been one for the ages, actually, it's, and I think it's probably in line with, um, you know, with all the other elections around the world that it just feels completely volatile. We really have no idea what's going to happen. So, you know, kind of our um, our opposition party, we've got a Labour Party, same as Australia, and and they're on the outside at the moment and, um, you know, change a leader a month before the election and suddenly this huge change in polls and they were leading in the polls and then, you know, an, uh, another poll came out yesterday that they were 10 points behind the, the sitting National Party. So there's one there's one poll out there that's incredibly wrong um, we just don't know which one yet. So we're 10 days out. Um, and I don't know what you guys do, but we've actually started voting already. Um, so early voting has started. So people can actually go and vote anytime between now and the 23rd of September. So, uh, yeah, it's it's actually, a, you know, in survivor terms, it's a live vote right now. We kind of do. Um, it's more like the early votes. Like, I mean, I remember last year's federal election, I wasn't going to be... Uh, in Tasmania for election day. So I had to pre-vote um, before I left. Uh, but yeah, I, I, we kind of have, I guess, a, a similar thing in that way. Um, I mean, I'm I'm looking here at, uh, you know, I, I like this Jacinda Arden. I mean, she's nice to look at, but I mean, I don't know anything about her. She's better look at than Bill English. That guy just, you know, makes me think of spaghetti. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just, I'm, I'm going to be intrigued to see how much coverage we get uh, here over it because like you know I don't read the the important newspapers that I should hear or anything like that I just go to news.com.au because I'm lazy but I mean I'm seeing no coverage of that on those sort of words I mean they're too busy you know doing random stories about why he doesn't want to love you or something like that but um 
yeah, I, I, I will be intrigued to see how this will play out um, in Australia. Because does the Australian election get any coverage in New Zealand? Um, uh, no, if I'm being honest. Um, I mean, we get a little bit of it, but, um, you know, we'll, we'll probably get something a week out and then we'll get the results and, and that's about it. It's, um, yeah. And I've actually been surprised at how much international coverage that our election has got because of the whole Jacinda Ardern effect. I mean, the fact of the matter is regardless of, of how well she does, whether she wins or not, she has turned Labour's fortunes around, um, dramatically. Uh, and one of the big stories, though, is that, um, you know, we kind of got this, this left wing party and, and the Labour Party, but we also have a very strong Green Party um, who, you know, they, they got somewhere around 10 percent, 11 percent of the vote last time. And um, basically they're looking like they may not get any um, of their people back in Parliament because over here you have to get at least 5 percent of the vote or you don't get in. Um, and so they're sitting at about four and a half at the moment. So it's kind of quite close that they might not get even get back into Parliament. Wow. Um, so, yeah, everything's kind of crazy. There's polls all over the place, and um, you, you just don't really know what to think. Um, when I was saying about, um, you know, early voting is that we've had, um, in, in the first two days of early voting, um, we've had um, close to 100,000 people already cast their votes, which is wow. way higher than we've ever had before. And, you know, like part of me thinks that people don't turn out in droves to vote early um, to maintain the status quo. So that's probably people who are voting for, you know, um, the opposition parties. That, I mean, that would just be a guess from me. I, I really don't know. So, you know, it, it's definitely going to be one to watch. And um, I'm, I'm just glad that New Zealand's keeping up the trend of having crazy elections that, that <laughs> nobody picked. So, yeah, it's good. One thing, actually, that I noticed here about um, dear old uh, Jacinda is that um, she is only 37. And if I've just looked here quickly... Um, can you tell me who the current record holder is in New Zealand for youngest ever Prime Minister? Here's a, here's a trivia question for the Kiwi on the show. Um, I think it's David Longy, isn't it? No, it's not. Oh, okay. Who is it then? Uh, it's a guy called Edward Stafford, who was uh, Prime Minister between 1856 and, uh, I believe he was Prime Minister in 1856, and uh, basically was there until 1872. So, oh, right, okay. The great esteemed Edward Stafford, not a fan or don't know him? or Well, I have to say, we're, we're not really good. Like, I could probably rattle off, like, 20 or 30 of the um, American presidents, but I certainly couldn't name name 20 New Zealand prime ministers from way back in the day. So um, it's definitely, we, we don't really have a kind of presidential feel. Like, our prime ministers aren't kind of elevated to be, you know, there's a handful of them that everybody knows. Yeah. Um, but really speaking, we don't kind of know. Like most people, if you know, name them on the street, couldn't tell you who our first prime minister was. That's um, um, same that's with us. Yeah. yeah. There, was, there was actually, I remember an advertising campaign here. I think it was around the time of we celebrated our centenary of federation in 2001. The, the ad was kind of like, you saw people on the street, like, who's the first president of the US? And everyone's like, George Washington, George Washington. They're all like, Who's the first Prime Minister of Australia? And everyone's like, um, uh, uh, I don't know. Um, but the thing that's interesting here is that our first Prime Minister, I mean, 1901 is ours because that's our year of federation. You, you had a Prime Minister back in 1856. How old yeah, are you yeah. guys? <laughs> well, the, the the country was officially kind of born with the Treaty of Waitangi, which is 1840. Right. Um, so that's kind of how long we've we've officially. So it's, yeah, it is kind of funny that New Zealand's actually a technically an older country than Australia in some ways, but. Yeah, that's a, it's a bit of a misnomer, really. There you go. Well, we're learning a little bit, and uh, look yeah, that's you never learn anything. Yeah, well, like uh, next week, I'd say we talk about it, but next week because we generally record before the election, so it'll be technically two weeks. We'll update a little bit on that, but uh, 
we love New Zealand, uh, so we want to find out. Now, uh, one thing I want to do. You're the very first person I'm going to test this out, and I'm sure we're going to try this with some other people in this episode as well, because this is my new favorite thing I own. I've gotten myself a book. It's called Emergency Questions, and it's by a UK comedian called Richard Herring. Now, I've never heard of Richard Herring. I don't know if he's funny or not, but some of the questions in this book are quite funny. Basically, Richard Herring hosts podcasts, and he interviews very well-known people. And it basically got to the point where he would come up, run out of questions. As anybody in my position knows, you've hosted shows before too, Nick. Sometimes you can run out of questions. You're like, fuck, what am I going to do? What am I going to ask them? We always have liked on the brink to have silly little questions we like to ask our guests just to get to know a little bit more about the specific guest. And this book is essentially uh, funny questions. He's got more than 500 in this book of the most randomest, weirdest questions that you can ask a guest to try and get an answer from. Now, I'm not going to sit here and ask you all 500 of them. There are definitely some in here that uh, are very inappropriate, uh, which doesn't usually stop me, but I don't know if I want to know the answers literally to some of these from you, Nick. Um, but I, I don't even want to just randomly get you to pick numbers. I'm just going to randomly choose some of these questions. And can I just say that even I haven't read all of these, so I'm going to be reading these for the very first time. So you are you prepared for this? Yeah, go for it. All right. Uh, we'll start. This is number 283, apparently. Do you have a celebrity hand twin? Um... <laughs> I, I no, probably not, because I, I bite my nails all the time. So if any if any celebrities have got hands like me, then um, that's probably not a good thing, unless they're in like some action movie where they're getting their hands ripped apart all the time. Right. Okay. That's um that's quite appropriate. Um, could you live without the internet? Because if you say you can't, you fucking can. <laughs> well, of course, you technically can live without the internet because many of us have done it in our lifetime. Um, but. Uh, I mean, it certainly makes... It's hard to imagine a world without the internet, isn't it? Very much so. It's one of these things that kind of like, yeah, like as you said, you and I both no doubt remember times when we didn't have the internet in our lives, but now it's kind of like, well, fuck. So what what in the future are we going to have that we can live without right now that we won't be able to live without in 10 years' time? So, yeah, it's a fascinating one. This one, um, what is the most unusual thing that you've ever used as a toilet paper substitute? Oh, um... I don't know. Probably in, in my student days, I've probably used all sorts of things, but just like newspapers or, you know, you always go for like the, the glossy, you know, the, the leaflets that you get through the news, through the letterbox. Eh? I mean, because they at least feel nice on the ass, right? <laughs> well, uh, I guess so. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how the toilet paper shortage comes across there in New Zealand. I don't often have to use um, advertising material in my letterbox. We, but, we, uh, we just have the three shells here. Yeah, okay, right, there you go. Um, what what would you prefer, a hand made out of ham or an armpit that dispensed sunscreen? A hand, a hand made out of ham or, or an, a arm, sun- an armpit that dispensed sun cream? Oh, definitely the second, because a hand made out of ham would be so annoying, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, and, like, you would get hungry and want to eat it, and then it would get all rotten, wouldn't it? So... Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I told you these were weird questions. Um, let's see here. Would you rather be a cow or a badger? <laughs> I just I had mean, to laugh at that question. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I always feel bad for cows that have got to stand around in the mud, especially over here. So I kind of feel like badger seems like the better option because at least you can go and hide in a hole. <laughs> That's such a weird question. Imagine if we got like, you know... Uh, some prominent guest on this show, and we asked them that question. Um, 
If you had to marry a Muppet, if you had to, which Muppet would you marry? Um, if we, if you had to marry a Muppet, um, oh, that's a tricky one. Um, <laughs> it's a very uh, in-depth yeah, question. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, it's it's a hard one to answer, isn't it? I mean, because um, I mean, immediately as a male, you kind of feel like you have to immediately go for Miss Piggy, but um, I, I can't stand Miss Piggy, so it's definitely not going to be here. <laughs> Um, I've always quite liked. Um, is it Rolf? I think he'd be he'd be a good he'd be a good partner, wouldn't he? Which one's Rolf? Is that the bear? No. Yeah, yeah. Like oh. he's pretty laid back. It's the right? dog. Oh, I, I think yeah. I think I know who you're talking about. I'm not huge on my Muppet knowledge, but I think I know who you're talking about. Um, I'd say Miss Piggy just because she's more attractive than some of the girls I've actually dated. So that's um where I'd go with that one. Um, what age do you think you have to be to be old? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I, I, th- I think probably like, I think these days, I think kind of like people in their 60s are not really old, are they? Um, so I, I think probably like around about 70, like late 60s, early 70. It's different for everybody, right? Yeah. I mean, it, it depends really. Some people say, oh, I'm never old, you know what I mean? So I'm sure a 70-year-old probably doesn't think they're old, so... Yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting one. Uh, let's see here. Let's see here. There's uh, so many of these that are just so random. Uh, what is the worst song by the Red Hot Chili Peppers? What's the worst song by the Red Hot Chili Peppers? Um, there's quite a few that I don't like, actually. Um, da, 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 the worst one. Um, I think I, I'm not a big By The Way fan. Okay. It's not one of my favourites, yeah. Okay, yeah. interesting. Um, what is your favourite kind of non-human milk to drink? Non-human milk to drink. Um, I, I wouldn't drink a lot of non what non-human milk. So I'm guessing they're oh, saying, okay. what is your favourite type of milk that isn't breast milk? So right. Well, I don't drink a lot of breast milk. Um, don't you? Oh, you're a bit unusual. No, no, no. So I think um, I'd just have to go with cow. That's pretty straightforward, really, isn't it? Yeah. I don't think I've really drunk any more milk besides cow. Anyway, um, let's see here. Last one. Um, do you remember the first time that a childhood enthusiasm was crushed and broken? So I guess first time in your life that your enthusiasm as a child was crushed and broken. Um, enthusiasm as a child was crushed and broken. Um Oh, prob- probably uh, sometime when um, the Black Caps didn't, didn't do well in a, in a cricket so match. Quite often. Yeah, 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 pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> often scenario that uh, happened there. Well, there you go. Uh, thanks, uh, Richard Herring. I'm sure we'll have plenty more of those to use. Um, just some very interesting facts there about yourself, Nick. Uh, anything else you want to add? Anything else happening in New Zealand before we let you go? Um, no, I think the election's kind of covering everything. So that's that's pretty much it right now. Alrighty, well, we'll see how that plays out. As always, a pleasure, and we'll speak to you next time. Alrighty, thank you very much. 
obviously around about this time, of course, we would play a live performance, but we uh, went through all the archives and played them all. So we've been playing a few little songs that we've been uh, sort of recorded over the years and they've generally been pretty horrible. This is kind of a weird little remix that we put together around about when we used to do a thing called Brink TV, a very forgettable online uh, TV show that we did that was quite rubbish, to be honest. And uh, our former co-host, Anthony... Had a very excitable uh, section there at one point when we talked about being in Canberra, and uh, I think I hit him at one point, and he exclaimed, ow, really loudly. I don't really know, to be honest, and I don't really care, but this is a song we put together. It was called Ben Wearing Owl. So uh, sit back, relax, and listen to uh, this weird song that we did. Ben Wearing Owl! Bye. 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 Bye.
Since we've had our next guest on the show, we thought we would uh, try and sit back and relax and see if the world goes to shit with Donald Trump. But apparently it hasn't been as bad as we possibly thought it would have been in the space of weeks that we haven't had this guy on the show. I do, of course, speak with Mr. Paul Luttrell. Paul, welcome back to The Brink. Yeah, it's good to be here. It's, uh, yeah, I mean, as we were just talking about off air, I think it's been about three weeks since we've had you on. And we usually, obviously, always talk about Mr. Donald Trump. And uh, really, I mean, I think we've had plenty of other occasions where we've only gone a week without talking and there's been more stuff happening. Not to say there hasn't been stuff happening with Trump, but, I mean, it's sort of been a calmish few weeks for someone who generally does a lot worse than this. Yeah, we, uh, it has been. We're still here. Um, <laughs> no, no North Korean missiles have been fired our way. Um, no. I haven't heard much of that in the last couple of weeks, the, the North Korean kind of crisis. Um, yeah, it's there's been a few little things happening, mostly just him putting his foot in his mouth, but 
Yeah, not a lot of uh, really like hard hitting news. No, well, I mean, obviously, I think the two main ones, or the two big hurricanes, of course, that have uh, really swept over. We had one over Texas and one sort of over Florida. Um, and you know, I think he got criticised a bit. I think didn't he for some of his reactions when he particularly went to Texas? But from what I've gathered, at least with the Irma in, in Florida, he actually seemed to handle that pretty decently. Yeah, yeah, it seems like it. Um... Maybe he learned his lesson from the first one. Or he's just scared that all these golf courses are going to get destroyed there. I don't know. Yeah, definitely. He has, he has a vested interest in Florida. That's uh, <laughs> a lot of property down there. Well, you got to, when you're looking at, I guess, the, the scale of, of Irma and Florida, I mean, they essentially almost evacuated the entire state, did they not? I mean, that was, I think, from what I was reading or gathering, one of, if not the biggest evacuation in U.S. history, um, which, I mean, luckily it didn't, obviously go down as as big as it was looking like it would be it sort of had uh, reduced in size by the time it really hit the major centers there in florida people still obviously sadly passed away and as they did sadly of course in the caribbean which i think interesting on a side note how the media sort of overlooked the fact that what about 20 30 or more people died in the caribbean but they were like oh but people one person has died in florida oh no and it's like well what about all the innocent people who died in the caribbean is florida lives worth more than the people in the caribbean anyway i mean i think you and i talked a lot about this uh i remember talking about what would happen should there be like a big disaster and how would trump handle it and it's like weird to i guess not heap praise on the guy, but it's just, it's weird for something like this to happen. A big event, big evacuations, everything that happened in Florida. And really, I feel that there's nothing negative to say about the way he handled it because he almost felt very presidential the way he was handling that situation. Yeah, perhaps. I think so. Um, maybe I'm just a bit biased. Please, if I want to hear your thoughts. If you, if you think there's something, if I'm overselling him here, I, I want you to shut me down here, Paul. <laughs> oh, I, I think that it's probably... No, it's all right. I think you're fair to say that. You, you just you just can't utter words that are good about Donald Trump. <laughs> I have in the past. We've said that he's handled things. <laughs> I mean, outside of obviously the hurricanes, though, we've had uh, a situation where he agreed with the Democrats. And what, what happened here? Yeah, yeah. So he was proposing, or well, one of the things in his campaign was basically he was going to um, reform, or retract the uh, the Dakar the DACA um, policy, which is essentially children who have uh, basically allowed to come into the U.S. from um, basically migrate into the U.S. Um, and and stay and work. And they're, called, they're basically called dreamers or something like that. Um, so he was going to basically send them, uh, yeah, eject them from the country. Um, and, yeah, the Democrats proposed a legislation to... Uh, protect the dreamers, and he has agreed with them without consulting his other Republican Party members. Wow! Yeah. And how does that how does that go down in terms of a Republican president uh, agreeing with the Democrats? I mean, is that unprecedented? Has that happened before that you know of? And I'm probably putting you on the spot there with that question, Paul. But I mean, to me, that that would be like Malcolm Turnbull all of a sudden saying, "Yeah, Bill Shorten, we will have this gay marriage vote in Parliament, and we'll listen to you, but I'll just ignore the rest of my Liberal Party and go along with you instead." Well, I'm sure it has happened in the past, but the fact that this the Trump administration and like one of their main kind of the way they situate themselves is to be so anti-democrat, so anti-left that it's it is a, a quite a strange thing to see, especially without even consulting Republicans. You could just see it on their face. I think if you've watched um, 
played night with John Oliver or Seth Myers or Stephen Colbert or any of those guys. They they've shown lots of images of like Mitch McConnell's face when Trump was agreeing with the Democrats on this thing. You could just see the the expression completely drained out of their face, and they they were just dumbfounded. It's kind of hilarious to see that. Well, this is the interesting thing about U.S. politics, isn't it? Is that you know, I mean. My example with Malcolm Turnbull is probably a poor one because they can't really do that in Australian politics, can they? I mean, you're the leader of the party that just happens yeah. to have the majority, so you're the prime minister, but you can easily be unseated. Whereas Donald Trump, just I mean, it's not like the Republicans get so pissed at him they can just go, oh, okay, we're going to vote for a new leader. I mean, I know there are ways and means that they can sort of go around getting him, uh, you know, removed from that position, but it's it's not quite as stock standard as in Australia. So. I mean, there's a lot more opportunity for a US president to kind of go rogue against their party as opposed to what an Australian prime minister can do. Yeah, especially considering the power that um, that Trump, specifically Trump has as well. I mean, he kind of um, mobilised voters that wouldn't necessarily have voted for a Republican or for uh, voted at all. They they only voted because he was running and they, they voted for him. So he's got a particularly powerful position there which you can kind of, I guess, leverage against the party. Um, yeah, but he, it just seems like he doesn't really understand politics or, or what he's doing. I mean, it's, it's great that this is happening and that he's protecting the Democrats, but it, I don't think it happened... Um, not that he's protecting the Dreamers, but I don't think he, he did it, um, you know, for, for the reasons that you would hope. Mm. One random thing. Um, what we're what eight months into this presidency now. Uh, how's the wall going, Paul? Is, is, is have they put any bricks down yet? I mean, this is you know he's basically his key policy, isn't it? And I mean, you know, we're eight months in. And I don't even think they've laid any foundations at the moment. What's going on? Yeah, yeah, I don't think they've done that at all. And I definitely don't think they've organised for Mexico to pay for it. Uh, <laughs> that's be, if it gets built, which I'm guessing it won't, but if it does, it's going to be to like great expense to the uh, the American taxpayer. <laughs> it's crazy. I mean, this is like the one thing that he was best known for, wasn't it, pretty much? And, um, you know, yeah. for some reason, I mean, it's not even the case of that nothing's been done about it. I don't think we've heard anything about it in, in how long. I mean, I'm surprised he just hasn't brought this up. I want one of these journalists. I guess none of the ones that actually ask questions that will get an answer to this. They're all kind of controlled by him now, aren't they? But uh, I want somebody to at least ask him the question, what the fuck's happening with the wall, Mr. President? Yeah. And it's not just the war, it's pretty much any major policy he had with his uh, Muslim ban that he had, that got shut down by the Supreme Court. Um, he hasn't really succeeded in doing anything. He hasn't even filled out his cabinet. He hasn't got... I mean, Jared Kushner, his, his nephew, has basically got about a thousand different jobs. One-man and, cabinet. Uh, and, and it's looking like he might actually... He's being called to resign from his position as well, so he's going to have... Well, he's lost about 100 different other members of his staff in eight months, hasn't he? So, I mean, it's yeah. not exactly a surprise. One thing, actually, too, uh, on a side note, at least in the last week or two, uh, Hillary Clinton released her book, didn't she? And it's kind of obviously mentioned a few different things in regards to the campaign and everything. And I, I don't know the specific statement of what was actually said by um, the Trump administration, but the way they sort of shut down um, her book. I mean, you're a political aficionado, Paul. Would you, would you get Hillary's book and read it? Or have you already got Hillary's book and read it? No, I haven't read it yet. Um, I, I do know that, well, I saw that she was uh, very anti-Bernie Sanders in there, think, blaming Bernie for um, costing her quite a few votes, um, which I don't think is fair at all. Bernie's awesome. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, I, I don't know. I, maybe I will. Maybe I'll look into it and have a read. I can I can officially say I've I've been in the same room as Bernie Sanders. He was on Stephen Colbert when I saw that live when I was in New York at um, the end of last year. So um, that's <laughs> my claim to fame in this little segment. I don't really know why. Uh, one thing too, I mentioned to you off air, which I mean I know as you obviously told me you haven't seen it yet, but I recommend for people out there who are maybe fans of uh, just kind of. Well, I mean, fans of American Horror Story, but just fans of sort of, you know, seeing how the society is reacting in a way to Trump's election and kind of a, a much overdone version of it, I would say. But the latest season of American Horror Story, which has just started, it's called American Horror Story Cult. It's kind of based around this climate of fear uh, sort of uh, installed by Trump getting elected. And I mean, we're only two episodes in, but it's just it's it's just it's so subtle the way they're doing it and so fascinating just kind of the climate. Because I think a lot of people will know American Horror Story, you know, they're an anthology series and kind of, you know, first season was like based around a murder house and you had one around sort of like an asylum and then, you know, a freak show sort of fair in the 50s and then a witch coven. So they're kind of got all these supernatural elements. But this one's kind of almost like a very grounded one that they're doing and it's it's actually quite, it's it's very tense. It's a real thriller type of thing more so than a horror and I don't know, I just, two episodes in, I, I've enjoyed it very much. And uh, I just think you and I are talking about Trump. I think this is uh, something that if fans of this segment like Trump and, well, don't like Trump, um, and just the climate we live in, it's, well, I'd, I'd highly recommend it for you, Paul. Yeah, it sounds like um, it's similar to like a book uh, called It Could Happen Here, mm. um, which is basically like a, a guy who is very right wing uh, or, or basically runs as on. Um, like a populist kind of vote, tries to get the populist vote by basically appealing to everyone's worst instincts, just essentially promising them that they're going to kick out all the minorities and, and do all these ridiculous things and essentially he wins and, yeah, it basically, I don't know, becomes kind of communist kind of dictatorship and, and whatever. But, yeah, it's it's very similar to, to what's happened, I guess, in the U.S., very fascinating indeed, Paul. Sorry that we've uh, taken so long to get you back on the show, but we'll make sure we get you back on next week. And as always, probably something big will happen in the next seven days that no doubt will um, you know, make sure that we have to talk about it. But always a pleasure when we get you on, and we'll speak to you next time here on The Brink. Yeah, sure. Time to press a button and get yourself in the zone too. Yes, and uh, obviously we've gone through everything that was the best of 2008, so we're going to move into the best of 2009 now, eight whole years ago, and got to say, one of our best years, I think. We had a very fun year in terms of the content that we did put out in 2009. It's a year we really got a huge bunch of big names on the show, and uh, one of my very uh, most fond memories of doing the show was 2009, and uh, you're going to hear a couple of bits here. First bit you hear is uh, the intro that uh, we played on our Best Of CD for 2009. No real uh, introduction needed for the intro, because it's basically the intro to a song, uh, well, to a, a show, and that show is what you're going to hear right now.
from Hobart, the greatest city in the world, comes the most brinkaliciously brinkin' three hours of your week. If you want excitement, thrills, and melting your mouth hotness, then don't touch that dial, as we bring you all the thrills and spills that is the world's greatest radio show. So strap yourself in, take the phone off the hook, pull the car over, and make yourself a coffee, as you chillax with radio's hottest stars. It's The Brink, on Edge Radio 99.3 FM. Over to the studio. Three weeks into the year, and things seem to get bigger and better as every single week comes your way. Even though here at the brink, everything's always bigger and better, although we say so. It is a Friday morning. It is the 17th, 16th of January 2009 AD. And joining me in the chair opposite me, uh, being that my name is Ben and I failed to mention that, opposite me in the chair is a man who I will not fail to mention is someone who I think will be the next face of Marmite. It's Josh Hubris. Marmite? That's the first thing that popped in. I don't know. Marmite, are you like New Zealander or something? Don't offend me, Josh. That's I'll, offensive. I'll offend you as much as I How are you, Josh? I'm fantastic. I haven't spoken to you all year and the listeners haven't heard you all year. I know, it's been... It's sad. I'm sorry. It's it's all right. That's good. We've got a huge show coming your way, all the regular segments. A new segment I've been informed today. The return of Forget the Lyrics and yes. everything else that you can poke a brink and stick at. And if you want to join in at the poking of the brinking of the stinking, just text in 0427 That was good, Josh. I like that. That was clever. Oh. Yes. Anyway, we're going to go... I'm a clever person. Don't tell me I'm not. You're not. And of course, another part that we're going to play for you here today... It's just a snippet of our 200th show. It was the biggest show that we'd hosted at the time, um, and we used to always make a big mark on our uh, anniversary shows, of course. So, highlights of our 200th episode that we had in 2009. Thank you very much, guys. Thank you. I'm just here kicking uh, Josh in the knee. Uh, yeah, sorry. you just watch yourself there. <laughs> he he deserves it. it. It's fine. It's I'm just fine. making sure he settles down before Mr. D. Bartlett comes. Yes, in, uh, no, look, we've um, we've got him to calm down, Josh, because uh, he's he's... Bit antsy, I think. He's more excited about Tim Franklin. Absolutely. Yeah, now, I'm, I'm excited. <laughs> we've got Big Kev on, apparently. Still, yeah. still, still <laughs> kicking. <laughs> Somehow. Um, we've got Kevin right here, too. Kevin, how are you, Kevin? Oh, I'm good, boys. How are you today? Oh, look, we're good. The audience doesn't want to cheer for you this morning, apparently. Uh, Kevin, Matt, Matt, Kevin, you know each other, yes? Yes. G'day, Kev. We, we spoke. <laughs> Sorry, I, I won't laugh. <laughs> Why, why do you do this to a bed? Sound like a rat or something. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Peter. <laughs> yes, Kevin, Matt, Matt, Kevin. That's all right. How are you today? Um, well, thanks, Kev. <laughs> all the tensions that's, in the air. That's Mr. Prime Minister to you, <laughs> Mr. Non-existent MP. <laughs> oh, it's getting antsy, yeah. Matt. We want you to stick around for the premiere, but you've got to, you've got to get out. You've got to skedaddle by then. Yeah, I absolutely have to get back to work. Unfortunately, otherwise they will fire me for not turning up and doing what I'm paid to do. And here we we're expecting a debate on air. Damn and blast! Oh, I can stay for a little while. I'll see how it goes. That, yeah. Well, that's that's good to hear. What about with Tim? Tim, <laughs> I've been looking forward to listening to you two go head to head. It's going to be interesting, I think. Now, can Matt. I just mention? Of course, um, you can. I was listening to the radio on the way in, and of course, I had uh, the the brink on, and introducing your guests, and and you went through them, and. I'm waiting for my name and waiting for my name, but no, Lucky Josh's wingman here was here to remind you. I've got um, oh. I've got a cue card. This is the thing. Uh, Trevor holds cue cards up, and uh, when he only writes the three 
guests that people are excited, more excited than Matt Stevenson about. Poor, then, poor Trevor. It, poor. No, yes, blame blame Trevor. Blame the workforce, not me. You know, I'm I'm just the the, the good looks and the brains behind the organisation. Yes, that's right, Ben. Yes, thank you, Kevin. I forgot you were here. How's things? That's good. Want to say thank? Send us a happy birthday message. That's all you're here for. A happy birthday message. Yeah, well, just a happy 200 show message. Oh, okay. Well, boys, all it's been 200 years and 200 well, years, 200 shows, I should say, and uh, well, it's. It's a lot different to my 200 days as Prime Minister of Australia. And, uh, oh, what's that? Uh-oh. I'm really happy oh, Kanye. But He's back again. Sorry, time. Kevin. He just does this. Is that all right, Kevin? You don't mind? Let's just say the, uh, the, the federal police will be inspecting him. I, I hope so. Get ASIO after him. Thank you very much, Kevin, for that fabulous little guest spot. Now, I should mention, though, while both of you are in the studio, both of you were up for awards here on The Brink. Uh, Kevin, you were up for, of course, uh, Best Surprise Guest category. Oh, thank you. And, uh, Matt, you were up uh, for the uh, Favourite Regular Guest category. Fortunately, neither of you won, Uh, so I'm sorry about that. Um, Kevin, you can send ASIO after us if you would like. The infamous show... We had Tim Franklin on for the very first time, and the very first time we had a sitting premiere on our show too. So, uh, yeah. Fond memories, 2009. Looking forward to bringing you some more memories of that uh, over the coming weeks. Now, we're going to play a classic interview for you now. And, of course, generally we play a big-name person that we had on the show. Uh, Previous ones that we've played in this spot, of course, James Blunt. Kevin Rudd, Julia Gillard, Vanessa Amorossi, Lydia Lassala, Sam Pang, Rove McManus, Taylor Hanson, Shirley Manson. And this is a bit of a weird one for you. We had a, almost a stalker at uh, one point uh, throughout our history. Uh, we, we like to call her the Random Melbourne Girl. And uh, essentially, uh, this was around about 2014, and uh, some Dakota was kind of one of our little cohorts on the show. And we would have a Random Melbourne Girl message us in every now and then. And uh, we eventually tracked her down, and uh, we got her on the show. So... There's really no other explanation needed. Needed. This is that chat that I had with Random Melbourne Girl back in 2014 for an actually fun interview. We have a very special treat for you today on The Brink and Edge Radio. Uh, something that has kind of been building up to this moment. Something that somebody in the studio right now has no idea that is even happening because long-term listeners of this show would be aware that we've been getting some text messages in from somebody who claims to be a girl from Melbourne, hence the name Random Melbourne Girl. And look, I thought, why not? Why not make this uh, into an interview to see if this person exists? So, I've uh, become a stalker, I've grabbed her number, I've messaged her, and it turns out this is a whole legitimate exercise of somebody actually finding our show and being random and from Melbourne. And I want to introduce to you right now on the show, for all the listeners at home, the one, the only, random Melbourne girl. Uh, I don't know what I'm meant to be calling you here at the moment, random Melbourne girl. RMG, welcome to the Brink and Edge Radio. Thank you for having me. What, what am I meant to be calling you right now? Ariana, Stephanie, RMG, your real name? <laughs> um, that's completely up to you. Well, how about I keep calling you Ariana right now because <laughs> I, I, I can tell people your real name right now if you really want me to spoil it on air. Well, that's up to you. Okay, Ness. Well, I will. So um, let's do it. Let's do it that way just to uh, to embarrass you on the spot. I need to ask you... Uh, 
random Melbourne-ness. What, um, what, how on earth did you even discover our show in the first place or even listen to it? It's a funny story. Um, I am a crazy ice hockey fan. Um, just, just going through, um, I'd noticed that you had done a couple of interviews with the Melbourne Mustangs and so I decided to check them out and then went from there, I guess, and... You started stalking us. Discovered. Discovered. That we exist and you started stalking us. That is true. So are you literally, excuse me, I sound very healthy this morning. Uh, Are you literally (laughs) getting up every morning just to listen to a random radio show uh, a couple of hours south of you from the mainland? (laughs) Uh, I wouldn't say every single morning. Oh, why not? No. Or that, just some days. That hurts my feelings. Out, but, that really hurts my feelings. Um, I thought we had a listener for a while. De- definitely most days. Definitely most days. So um, you hear a wide variety of people on this show. And, uh, yes, do, do you true. Do you listen to, um, I think you know Dakota? Uh, who, oh, yes. <laughs> who's been, well, he's, yes. he's in the studio with me now. And as I said, he has no idea that this has happened. I, I honestly have not told him until this exact moment when I've hit play on this interview. So right now, he is shitting bricks. And I just swore and I realized I told you not to swear. So I've just censored that out. Good job, Ben. Um, but, I mean, what's your take on Dakota? Do you, do you like this <laughs> um, little person called Dakota? Good question. Um, I think he sounded very nice. Until he told me not to text in anymore, so... <laughs> Is that why you stopped texting in? Yes. <laughs> I can say that, yes. I, I feel so offended. I feel so... Like, you're hurting well, me. Well, so do I. I feel offended too. Well, what would you like to say to Dakota? Because I said, he's in the studio right now. He's listening to this. I, I don't understand what I did wrong. <laughs> oh, look at that, Dakota. If you're listening, you're making a cry. You're making a cry. Well, look, you have my permission to text him just because he doesn't want you to. He is 15. Remember that. So, so tell us, Ness, tell us a little bit more about you. I mean, what do you do besides listen to random shows in other states? I mean, you know, do you play <laughs> ice hockey? You know, are you involved in ice sports in some form or another? I, I am indeed. I am a figure skater. You are a the- figure skater. Um, Ice House in Melbourne. Right. Okay, then. So, um, figure skating. Uh, we've had figure skaters on this show before. There's like three of them in Tasmania. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm guessing you'd have about three of them just, you know, helping tying your laces. And then you're probably out in the rink with like 300 <laughs> of them. Uh, no, definitely not. <laughs> uh, is there many people who do figure skating in Melbourne? Um, you'd be surprised. There actually is quite a few. Um, we do have quite a few rinks down here. So, it is quite quite a large variety um but you know you you get a wide range of different people from different places that have come and are now playing in melbourne when it comes to figure skating do you get lots of expats do you get sort of russians coming there to join in the fun i mean ice hockey i'm guessing you'd get a lot of canadians and all those sort of people i mean do you get those types of people not not overly uh we do get quite a lot of obviously tourists that come in um, there is one girl that I've become quite close friends with at the ice rink that is from New York, um, originally from Australia, then moved out to New York, and then now she's come back and she's heading out to the States again soon, but um, originally she was a figure skater. She does hockey now, um, which is really great. She's really, really good. She she actually encouraged me to try a little bit of hockey skating, not 
playing. So you don't, you don't play all. hockey? You no, play I don't play hockey. Too dangerous for my liking. <laughs> too dangerous for your liking, but you're a fan. Come on. Girls who I'm, play too. I'm a crazy fan. No, I do I do love my hockey. I'm actually in the process of buying hockey skates right now. I was I was lucky enough to have Joey Hughes from the Melbourne Mustangs this morning help me out um, with a, getting a fitting for a skate. So... Yeah, it's it's good. <laughs> Joey, Joey Hughes has been on this show before. So, I does that mean that you're a Mustangs fan? No. <laughs> no. No, I know it, it's no good. No, I am a I am a Melbourne Ice fan. Oh, come on. I have it in my blood. I just I must say I, I love my Melbourne Ice. Um, I do have a spot, soft spot for the Melbourne Mustangs. I must say, but um, Melbourne Ice supporter through and through. Is that so. is that because they beat you in the Goodall Cup the other month? No, <laughs> no, it is not. I've always, always have a soft spot for the runner-up team. I'm from great. I'm, I'm not. You'll be happy to hear this. I'm a Carlton supporter. Ben and I do have a soft spot. You for really Greater do West listen to the show, don't you? Because, <laughs> because I, I am from Greater Western Sydney, so I've always had a soft spot for you know the the backup team. So you go for the team that really should have been a Tasmanian team. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yes, you do. No. <laughs> yes, no, look, we're not hugely fond of GWS down here because they stole uh, our team. So, uh, yes, anyway. Um, well, um, i tell you what, Ness, I'm glad we're learning a lot about you. I only wanted to get you on here briefly today because we might be able to make something of this. We might be able to make a regular thing of this to really freak Dakota out and prove to the world that we have listeners and stuff like that. I mean, you've told me you're a Colton supporter, so you're already a good person in my eyes. You just need to get to uh, onto the black, orange and white and none of this Melbourne Ice crap. But... I can't have you on this show without asking you our famous five questions. So, uh, have you, you've listened to enough of this show to realise what these five questions are? Unfortunately, yes. <laughs> well, good. I'm glad. So, I'm going to start off straight away with uh, question number one. Ness, random Melbourne girl, Ariana, Stephanie, what is your favourite type of cheese? Favourite type of cheese? Oh, good one. Um, camembert. Camembert. Oh. Or, or that, that plasticky slice cheese that you can buy from the supermarket. Like just like your craft singles in plastic. Yeah, yeah, the ones that they taste better on a toasted sandwich. But I do okay. like those stringers cheese too. Okay, so you're <laughs> you're a bit of a cheese aficionado. I do like my cheese. Mm, I bet you do. All right. Uh the second question when it comes to toilet paper, are you a folder or a scruncher? That's a bit of a personal question. <laughs> I know it is, but I still asked it to you, so I'm a folder. <laughs> You're an intelligent person. I can hear Dakota right now screaming at the speakers. Oh, why do you fold? Why do you fold? Just tell him to shut up because he's 15. Um, question number three. Growing up, um, and actually I don't actually know how old you are, but let's see, how old are you, first of all? We might have to check with legal to see if this is appropriate for you to be on this show. I'm 17. Okay, well, we'll have to clear this as legal. But um, growing up, you're still growing up. Uh, what's your dream job? Oh, Good question. Thanks. I um, have at least one in the interview. When when I was always a child, I always wanted to be a teacher. Mm-hmm. And then I went through phases where I was like, oh, I want to be a horse riding instructor. And oh, I want to so be a dancer. A I want to be a actor. But um, I'm still trying to figure that one out. So you don't know what you want to be yet? Not at all. Are you at uni at the moment? I mean, what are you doing yeah. besides figure skating? <laughs> What are you doing at uni? I'm studying um, tourism, but I really don't like it at the moment. So, <laughs> so you don't you don't want to do that as a living then? Um, not really. I haven't really decided what I want to do yet. So, okay. Well, there you go. Uh, also, growing up, who was your childhood celebrity crush? 
As in what age? Any. You can tell me now. You can tell me when you were little. I mean, give me a few. Um, Okay, so at... Who? Like, who? I can't who, even think. Celebrities. Celebrities that you think are hot. I, Celebrities I you had through, a crush on. I went through a phase when I was about... How old? I was in like year three, year four. Mm-hmm. I, I went through my Justin, um, my Justin Bieber phase. He was still like my age then. You so, um, you so I, quieted no. down then you're like my Justin Bieber phase. <laughs> no, I went through my Zac Efron phase. The high school musical Zac Efron phase. Yep, yep. Um, and I was in love with him. What about Bad Neighbours? Yeah. Apparently, he's like all topless and got abs now. So oh, I haven't seen it. Well, there's like pictures on the internet. So <laughs> I don't even yeah, float that still, way, and I've seen them. So he still on. is very attractive, but um, at the, I'm just not really happy. <laughs> no, at the moment, I'm actually in love with Brent Seabrook from the Chicago Blackhawks ice hockey team. I think he is not um, incredible. No. No. I have interesting taste. Changes changes often. <laughs> okay. What about Sidney Crosby from Pittsburgh? He's hot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you think so. Then, well, I just came out on air, didn't I, apparently? There we go, everybody. whoop de doo um, Kidding. Final question. What is your worst habit? Is it listening to random radio shows in other states? That's one. <laughs> um, my worst habit, I tend to crack my knuckles um what I, I start playing with my hands really weirdly when i'm nervous or anxious so you've been doing that this whole interview then <laughs> no um or i don't know if it's a bad habit i think that's how you describe it i'm really stubborn mm-hmm. so like if i'm as a figure skater obviously you get lots and lots of injuries i'm the type of person that's really stubborn when the doctor tells you not to go on the ice for a couple of weeks and okay. Yeah, I'm stubborn. That stubborn can be bad and your nails. That works. We'll take uh, it. Knuckles, not nails. Na- nails, that's what I meant. Yeah, that that too. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, I think that um, we can we can let you go right now, but but would you like to come back perhaps in the future for, for something else? No. No, you don't. Okay. <laughs> that's it? Possibly. Possibly. I mean... If, if Dakota's okay with that, I mean, we don't want a repeat of last time. That is very true. We don't want to upset Dakota now. Or do we? Because he, remember, he told you not to text in. Exactly. So maybe we do want to upset Dakota. <laughs> well, well, I'll leave it in your hands. You do that. Um, well, we'll see. We'll no doubt try and get something going in the future. But this has been a lot of fun, Ness. We've solved the mystery of the random Melbourne, the random Melbourne girl. And uh, we thank you for your time. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Now, obviously, a lot of people hearing my voice might have been connected through here to the brink by listening to former shows of ours, sister shows of ours, such as Survivor Oz, uh, The Oz Network, Double Oz 7. I'm just trying to tag a lot of shows out there whilst trying to move into a segue here. But uh, during our Oz Network coverage, of course, which you can find via uh, iTunes and online, we are covering Australian Survivor currently. And, of course, last week we had on former contestant Craggy Anson to recap that week's episodes of the show and Craig went into detail about a fairly funny story when it came to uh, certain chickens that were around his camp when he was on Survivor. And I thought this was too good not to share with you uh, a little bit of a snippet here, because I'm pretty sure this might make our best of at the end of the year. But uh, anyway, this is Craigie Anson, Survivor contestant, sharing his story about him and some chickens. When we had the True Tribe Challenge, which was the sandbag challenge, the endurance run around the ring, mm-hmm. 
um, that they've done in Fans vs. Favourites 2. They started in Palau, that one. Yep. The run around the ring in the water, carrying the shit, pass it off if you're going to lose. They did a New Zealand one, actually, too, recently as well. Oh, they did, uh, of course. And then, so, when Sanapu brought the chickens and said, oh, can we have some food for these chickens? And... We went ballistic. Not ballistic verbally at the challenge, but I went off my goddamn head when we get got back. I went off. They were saying, if you want us to use any of this, you need to start. And I was like, I can't stop swearing. I just need to goddamn go to town. That was fu- How fucking dare they? Who do they think they are? They can't come back and expect me to take their fucking chickens. They're killing us. They're fucking idiots. Fuck. I went to town for like half an hour until I stopped and breathed. And they went, are you all good? And I went, I think so. <laughs> oh, God, I wish I had done it. It's one day on the other thing, the other thing, the other thing I'll say is that, which, which Phoebes has mentioned a few times as well, is there was a lot, not a lot, but just sort of camp life as me as well. Like my relationship with the Vavau chicken um, apricot was because she was obsessed with me and I was annoyed with her and got pissed off. So I'd take my frustrations out on her, not like physically, but just like, sw- like instead of swearing at the people around me that were annoying me or just saying you're an idiot, piss off, I would say it to the chicken. So there was a lot of stuff that was not included of my relationship with the chicken, which everyone else found completely and utterly amusing and loved it because I would swear at her and abuse her and she'd come and hop on my lap or come and try to cuddle up to me. And I'd go, what are you doing? Just get away from me. And Phoebe's like, there was only one, I think one snippet, maybe a few that you actually saw that. And Phoebe's was like, Oh my God, that's ridiculous. There was even in the time that she was with us, there was so much of it that she said, I wish that you guys got to see more. Are you just not a fan of chickens chickens. or is it? (laughs) No, 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 I love chickens. They're great. I mean, I don't like birds necessarily personally, but some birds, especially magpies, they're evil. They're the devil's children. (laughs) Oh, and emus. But, um, the chicken was fine, but Um, but no, it was just because we were never going to kill her and she was just a mole and I just, she was, she was a vent for me or an outlet. And it was like, the more I abused her, the more she loved me. Like she used to try to jump up on the bed next to me and I'd go, go, what are you doing? Just go. Can everyone get her away from there? Like, Oh, she loves you, Craig. She loves you. She wants to cuddle. And I'd be like, bullshit. She's probably shitting in my shoes. You know, that sort of shit. So but you never saw it because wow. it was just me being me and they were like, crap, we just can't edit that. We, <laughs> so, note, to, note to channel yeah. 10, uh, please release all yeah. the extra scenes of yeah. the chicken. <laughs> That's all yeah, we want. Much. That's all we want. It's, and just make sure it's rated yeah. so that they can put that on there. And it's at your discretion if you want to. Definitely robbed of not seeing that on the show. Can I just point that out? So, uh, Craig Anson, funny guy, funny story. And uh, you can listen to the whole interview, of course, via the Oz Network. <laughs> Time for me to get so excited that I get my voice raised by pressing a button. It's that time of the week to play everybody's favorite game show. It's Forget the Lyrics here on the Brink on Edge Radio. Over to the studio. Ah, oh, Forget the Lyrics. Yes. And uh, as I seem to say now, sadly not new ones, but uh, we've got some old ones for you. We're going back to 2012, first of all, here. American Pie. Josh and myself sang this one. It's terribly sung because we kind of are actually singing in this rather than speak singing. But um, this was our a version of trying to tell the classic Back to the Future 
trilogy stories to the hit song American Pie. Once upon a time, a long time ago, Marty went to see that old man in his weird little sciencey lab. He said to Marty, hey, come with me to a car park in the middle of the night. And for some reason, Marty's parents were fine with him seeing a creepy old man in a car park. He soon got in a car with this stranger, hit the accelerator and went to 88 miles. He went back in time, you see, to the year that was 1955. Then we saw Marty in that area with his mother and father were nearly in love. It was the start of a trilogy, you see. It was called Back to the Future. So see ya later, our Marty friend. Going back to the 50s to meet his parents. It's not weird to see him hang out with an old pedal man Because this is the trilogy we'll know and love This is the trilogy we'll know and love Get into it, Josh! Get a kick in! Muddy got right into this face Ben, you didn't see it, did you? Haha! <laughs> well, he taught his dad how to date And he got hooked up by his mum, but she thought he was Calvin Klein, and they really almost made out, yeah, and then he found out the DeLorean needed 1,000 gigawatts to go back to the year of 85, and Marty needed to be alive, and Ben, did you see part two of Really heard that you liked it too, but must say my favourite was back to the future poetry. What year was it, Ben? It was in the 80s and I don't know the year Cause he went back to the west and he saw it was beer He went across and saw the old pedo man He was on the train with that lady who we don't see in movies anymore I can't remember her name cause she really is not that famous So Mary Steinberger All those years ago, thanks Josh We wanna see them in the cinemas again Maybe in those glorious 3D And if we ever saw it once again, I think everybody would be Marty's friend because Marty is Michael J. Fox. Oh, and despite the fact that he has Parkinson's, we don't care anymore because he's Michael J. Fox. He could have any disease in the world and he would still be the coolest person. Josh, I think it's time for you to wrap this song up and tell us about 1, 2, and 3 because it is back to the future in the form of a trilogy. Over to you, Josh. Take it from here, boy. Christopher Lloyd and Michael J. Fox and two people who really didn't stay in it. Did you know Crispin Glover really didn't get in part two because he really wanted some more money? Christopher Glover was dead. 
Crispin Glovin, sorry. And we say goodbye to you all, because this music really gone. That was bad. We're going to play another one for you. 2009 is obviously a year that we've been reliving there in our flashback segment, as you heard. So we're going to go all the way back to 2009 for our Forget the Lyrics segment, where we had Josh Shoebridge singing to the then, at that time, the most current James Bond thong, song, thong, that's a different James Bond thing, Another Way to Die by Jack Black and Alicia Keys, a horrible James Bond song. But uh, maybe you can find out here if uh, Josh improved on it or not. <laughs> With your red cordial in my living room If you spill it I might have to steal some blood from your nose you fool That red stain ain't coming out of my carpet you annoying person You dropped it, I can't believe you dropped it You stained my white carpet, what you gonna do? You gonna get it out with some salty vinegar. I know, I know, you fool, you didn't, you stained my kappa. Call the professionals in to take care of it. They came in with the big machine, say it'll be a few hours. I said, How much it gonna cost me to get this carpet clean? They said, A hundred per two square meters. I said, You could kid him, I've only got four. But then they said, If you don't pay us, You'll be dead, and your carpet will be very messy. Yeah. Don't know, I think you might have. It's an interesting one. Bit of a movie-themed uh, episode there with Forget the Lyrics. I know American Pie, the song wasn't really a movie song, but I guess it the movie American Pie. I tried to make a connection there. It didn't work. Move on, Ben. <laughs> Alrighty, time to wrap it all up. For another episode here of The Brink, episode 43, done and dusted, episode 44 next week, of course, will technically be our one-year anniversary since we first brought you back The Brink. So uh, get excited for that. We might do a bit of our highlights from our one year here as podcast. I'm not too sure, but we'll see how we uh, play it out there. In the meantime, remember, you can like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher, no matter where you are listening to us. And remember why you see there, leave us some feedback, uh, rate us, we'd appreciate that. And again, if you're listening to us around the world, we'd love to hear from you. So uh, shoot us a message on Facebook, send us a photo from where you're listening to. Maybe I can uh, get you on the show. We can talk to you a little bit about Spain, about Austria, the UK, Canada, wherever you're listening, even Penguin. One of our Penguin listeners. I'd love to talk to you a little bit about your quaint little town up there in the Northwest. I haven't been there in many years. So uh, why not uh, 
send us a message. We'd love to chat to you. But uh, we're going to bring you conclusion right now. By obviously, we've been playing a lot of our in the mix sections where we play sort of a highlights of a certain year to music. And we're going to bring you the last one today. We've caught up now. 2015 in the mix. We won't play a 2016 in the mix because we obviously already played that one for you on this show. So uh, here it is. 2015 in the mix. Our final one of these in the mix. And of course, 2015 was a bit of a weird year. We're only really on air for about uh, a month. So uh, kind of highlights here really for the month of January 2015. But anyway, thank you for your company here on The Brink. We'll be back next week. Until then, Hobart, please do keep keep pit pit. Let's try that again. Keep sucking those oranges, Hobart. Sometimes you really wish I could hit the edit button on this show. Uh, and good night. Happy birthday to Marilyn Manson. He turns 46 today. He looks... He's, does Marilyn Manson really look that much like a girl? Yes. <laughs> it doesn't look normal, though. Well, what is normal? You bet. Define normal, you. Joey. We need to come together and organise a secret society where it's just us and we just... like. And it's probably just the most normal underground lifestyle, just couple suburban yeah, houses. Yeah, just a country club or something. Yeah, they just, you know, walk around in their jammies. Um, <laughs> Do it out back town in Australia. Yeah, drive around in yeah. a Tirana. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's Trana. 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 Oh, yes. I, I volunteer for the RSPCA. I just go around killing the animals and stealing yep. all the money. But you're a volunteer, you can't be fired. Yeah, is that right? <laughs> Hashtag Dakota Logic. Yeah. That works. That's going to be a real thing. Hashtag Dakota Logic. Since that, it's just gone down and it's, it's now a six. <laughs> I'll still take that. Yeah, all right. Like, you know, why not? Yeah. You can bring it out there. <laughs> it's actually a, a lot harder song to sing than you think. D, you're a darling. Sounded better in my head. You're excited. And if you're a feather in my arm, G, you look good to me. It's just a heavenly. You're the one I idolize. G, we like Jack and G, you can so kiss the book. Ellie's a love light in your eyes. M, N, O, P. I could go on all day. Q, R, S, T, E. Alphabetically speaking, you're okay. Look, um, yeah. there are other stores other than Target. Yeah, but I just, I usually go to Target and All right, look, well, children, I love the game, but build a bridge and get over it. No. Oh, I don't know how I'm No, Stuart, not with that attitude. No, it was only to Dakota, it wasn't to you, Ben, because no, I, 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 I value your opinion I, and you're the wise words <laughs> of the way of I the life. I tried to build a bridge school, but I'm not a good architect. All right, enough of bridge building. We weren't ready. Yeah, yeah. We were discussing what we thought the vocal hook was at the end. Yeah. I'm thinking is, girl, you're the one. Or something. Yeah. In that bit. No, no, no. I think you're just thinking you want to support someone. I think you're saying, girl, you're the one. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Like, I yeah. can imagine, you yeah. know, any other show on Edge would look up and be like, I'm having a rough day here on Edge. You know, I can't think of anything to talk about. Kevin Bacon yeah. will inspire wow. me. Yeah. Look at him. Uh, great. <laughs> <laughs> There's a, a comedy skit in that somewhere. The mini advisor for Hitler. <laughs> I'm so lonely. I don't do anything. Um, all right. Have you learned... He's nodding. Should we let him back in for the... I think we should let him back say in. Say three hail bacons. Really? Just say it. No, don't be embarrassed. Otherwise, you're not coming in. Hail bacon. One. Two, three, three, three times. Twice. Yeah, that, 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 they did it four times. Oh, well. Extra bacon. All is forgiven. All right. Well, Taylor, let's be honest. Taylor Swift doesn't have a clue what's going on. Yeah. Um, also, yeah. And she'll tweet out about it. I guarantee it. She'll make, like, number Epi- 22. And then she'll tweet, Oh, my God. I'm so happy. Happy hour. Happy hour. Yeah, exactly. We're like, it's the only sport we can beat America in. America. We're number one. It's a cricket. I can't picture it. <laughs> I wouldn't spat my chewing gum out there. Um, 
Brett Lee comes in and bowls now, and all that is a magnificent six there by Ron and Naveed. All that's over, bit off. That's a beautiful shot. Six runs. Oh, he's going crazy, Detroit. Absolutely, Steve. I haven't seen a six that big since Shane Warren back at the Melbourne Cricket Ground in 1999. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> it I be. hear voices sometimes, too. Oh, I yes. think that's a bit strange. In fact, I can hear one now. <laughs> Iron Man 3, the credits start rolling. What do we hear? Yo, listen up, here's the story. Yeah, yo, listen up, here's the story. Tony, that's really stupid. Don't do that. How are his advisors employed? Yeah. (laughs) So you sit there blindfolded. You. (laughs) You do a good job. Can we just pick someone who can, like, it's really got a 12-year-old. This is a guy who doesn't even know the name of the Socceroos captain. (laughs) (laughs) Well... She's not fat. She's well, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. She, she's Australia's, yeah, Paris Hilton slash Kardashian, except, yeah, exactly as you said, she married into it. Rather than being born into it. Like, I will sit here and bag out Paris Hilton and the Kardashians for having no point at all, but at least they were born into wealth, whereas this married, yeah. this married into wealth. That was this. nice, wasn't it? This. Uh, <laughs> <it's proven. laughs> um uh, yeah, not my thing, boy bands, I've got to say. Oh, he's rejected it. Being a band, so maybe we could um, crank things up a little bit. Paul, Paul, you're in a legitimate band. Like, what, what, do you, what do you see the Premier playing? You can come up and chat, chat here in the mic if you want. It's sort of get you you're comfortable on that couch. But um, what, what, do you see, what do you see Will playing? Maybe a bit of brass. I don't know. Maybe. I see him with one of those hats that kind of, they don't sit on your head properly. They kind of stand up. Not really a top hat, but maybe a beanie that's kind of jerked up. <laughs> you just called the premier a jerk. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just going for the DC talk kind of look. Yeah. Like next, they do it in Spain, and they. Yeah, I, I like I. But <laughs> I love the Josh Thomas concert. I love Triple J and Taylor Swift. But you love Edge Radio more. I just, yeah, I love Edge Radio more. Good. No, I can't handle it. Barack Obama will rock up. Shut up! You're not talking. You're not allowed to talk. Barack Obama will like rocking up like. And I'm, I'm president of the USA. We do not want to speak to you. Where is the man who likes to cut his foot loose? <laughs> Shush! Be quiet! Thank you for your company today. Keep sucking those oranges, Hobart. Do keep sucking those oranges. Do keep sucking those oranges. Keep sucking those oranges, Hobart. Keep sucking those oranges, Hobart. Thank you, Kevin Bacon, for being alive. Keep sucking those oranges, Hobart. Keep sucking those Oranges. Please do keep sucking those oranges. Keep sucking those oranges, Hobart, and good night.